Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC, featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations, because great radio is still fresh the second time around. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. messing up going to a sexual innuendo earlier in the segment we're talking donuts we're talking bryce young we're talking injuries we got a lot going on in wesson walker sports radio 92.7 wfnz as always because it's tuesday it's now time to turn the page to second take tuesday and just getting your theme maybe before we dive in to individual plays here wes i talked about thomas brown attempting different stuff the other takeaway i had from going back over this game not as many penalties. We had, I believe it was PMAC calling in. If it was somebody else, I apologize. But we got a call in yesterday saying there wasn't as many penalties yesterday with Chris Tabor and Thomas Brown. That's true, which is great. But man, they still hurt. Couple penalties that happened. Bringing back Bryce Young in the offense when they were trying to score at the end of the first half. That was the holding, I believe, on Justin McCray. And you also had a YGM hands to the face on what was a good defensive stop that allowed the Bucks to keep driving. They scored a touchdown. So penalties still hurting this team, even if there wasn't as many. And there's something to be said for that. I don't want to take it away. But man. It really hurt him when you go back and assess. Ooh, it might have taken away a scoring opportunity for Carolina and it prolonged a scoring opportunity for the Buccaneers. Yeah, the bad quality over quantity is what you're saying, is that when they did get the penalties, it really, really hurt some big opportunities yep. for them and the football game. Well, the first play I'm going to start out with is kind of a loaded one. It's kind of a two-in-one, giving you a two-for-one. That's one of my favorite things when I go shopping. It's a great shopping. deal. When you go two-for-one, two one, it's, yeah, oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah. So um, each of Mike Evans' is big catches. Uh, the Panthers have given up the least amount of 10-plus yard plays this season and the second least amount of plays over 20-plus yards. But the thing that's hurt this defense is that, you know, when you have an offense that's constantly giving the ball back to the other team, teams get so many chances, and eventually they're going to make the play or the plays to win the football game. And so that was one observation of it. And then also Mike Evans, Probably going to be a guy on the open market. Is this a guy that Carolina should pursue this <laughs> offseason with a player that's hurt them in so many ways over the years? I would imagine that Evans will want to go to a contender. But still, you know, Carolina will have the money to be competitive with him as anybody else will be. Mike Evans would be a great addition, even if he is a little older. The, the question is, do you get out? Do you go away from the aging wide receiver and miss out on one really good year of production 
while maybe the next two on the contract aren't going to be good, or do you just not care? Yeah, and, and I think Mike Evans has a lot of good ball left in him. And he's yeah, and it's not like his game is based off of I mean, he's fast. I'm not trying to get. Yeah, it's crazy. not like he's some type of yak guy that is built on physicality yeah. and going to get hurt a lot. I think he's a guy that's probably got three to four more years of good football in him. Yeah, Mike Evans. Uh, I wonder if Tampa Bay finds a way to keep him. And uh, Baker Mayfield. One thing that Baker would do was he would kill your number one wide receiver's chances of getting to a thousand yards. Mike Evans broke that for that reason alone. He should be in the Hall He's of Fame. He's on pace to have maybe 15, 1,600 no, yeah. yards if he keeps going. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a crazy season for Mike Evans, and salute to him. I'm going to go to one of my favorite throws from Bryce Young this year, Wes. 34 seconds left to go in the second quarter. So you mm. pick up seven yards on the run with Tuba Hubbard. You have one timeout left, but they're scrambling. No huddle, shotgun. Bryce Young uncorks a pass on the left side. Probably the biggest laser beam that he's thrown this season. I want, you know, we were having fun with the conversation. He threw a seed. He threw a rocket. He threw a blank missile. He threw, like, a pretty nice ball to DJ Chark with some heat on it. And that's not anything that we see from him quite a bit, especially when you're throwing downfield. So you have one timeout left. Even a sideline throw is preferred because you want to get out of bounds. You want to save that timeout while you're trying to drive to score at the end of the first half. And he holds his head in the middle, just making sure that safety doesn't cheat to one side or the other. And then as soon as he turns his head to the left, bang, uncork it. Like he knew exactly where he wanted to go. This isn't even him reading so much. This is him knowing, okay, I know I want to go this way with the football. I need to hold the safety, hold the safety. And as soon as he turns his head, he throws it. It's not like, oh, it's open and I'm going to throw it. He knows exactly what he's going to do, and it might be the throw with the most sauce on it that I've seen from him. You love seeing the toolsy type of throw from Bryce Young because this is a guy that was not drafted number one overall because of his physical attributes, and he showed I can put some mustard on it every now and then. I, this game, he had some throws, man. Like Ian Harwitz put out a clip of some of his best throws. It, there are signs here, if you want to go back and watch it, that says, okay, this is someone that can figure it out once they start to put a system back in place. And I think that's the throw that started it all for me. Yeah, I will agree with you on that, too. And, and if I point it to an intangible thing about his game that I love is that he does throw with uh, anticipatory traits. He throws with a lot of anticipation. And that's one of the things that's hurt him, I think, this year is that he has guys that he doesn't necessarily – count on at this point to get open and I think that's why sometimes he may hold the ball because he may be pretty hesitant because he's like man if I throw this thing I don't know that this guy's going to be there and it could end up being a turnover to hurt my football team and I was going to say before you go too also just looking at Chark and a couple of the catches that he made it's like you know he's been so inconsistent like I said we found him on the milk cart and finally he came back to us and you know is it has he been misused or is it just him being inconsistent I wonder if DJ Chark thrives in a system where he's a guy. So, for instance, does his production come along with Thomas Brown actually mixing it up where you run a few short yardage plays? If, if you look at some of these plays that happened, especially the 30-yard pass to DJ Chark on the right side, it's not where I wanted to go, but hell, we're second take Tuesday. That's fine with me. 30-yard bomb to the right side. That was set up by a lot of runs, short pass to Jonathan Mingo, short pass, picking up yards, five yards at a time, whatever. And then you get into shot territory. 
like it's funny, Wes. Every football fan knows what shot territory is. Like it's real basic stuff. You mention it all the time with the smart offensive play callers. It's not like they're reinventing the wheel. They're just implementing what are good, normal offensive practices. So you have a lot of plays that are lulling the defense to sleep. They got to pay attention to what's in front of them. Then you're at the 40-yard line. Boom, you throw it deep to DJ Chark, and it's not like he ran some crazy route. It's not like, oh, there's DJ Chark pulling off something crazy. All you did was run a seam down the sideline. That's what he did. This is this is how you use DJ Chark. And Thomas Brown decided to do it because of the way that they were able to set it up as well. Left side, right side, Chark, two of the three catches that he had. Yeah. All right. So moving on to it and continuing with that theme in the third quarter on third and two, 10-56. I mean, it was a cover sack by Tampa Bay, but the thing was that you could see Bryce's head turning, going through his progression before that sack. Same thing happened at third and 11 in the third quarter. The blitz comes, doesn't have a hot. Nobody's open fast enough. I mean, when you see that blitz come and then the quarterback just kind of sits there and kind of eats it like Bryce did because he had enough time to get a throw off. Either there was bad play call in Tampa, had the perfect defense called into the perfect play to where Bryce didn't have a hot. Maybe he didn't uh, anticipate the blitz and see it pre-snap. There were a lot of different things there, but uh, also nobody got open quick enough for him to be able to find that outlet when that blitz came. And the same thing with the covered sack before that. And I think it just points more so towards, you know, just him being hamstrung out there with what he has to work with. Yeah, um, I, I think there were there was the highlight from the the broadcast booth where they were hating on the Panthers all day long. That's what they were doing, and that was one of the highlights I think that you could show. I'll move to defense. So the first and ten on Tampa Bay scoring drive. It was at the end of the third. You were transitioning into the fourth quarter, and on first and ten, right off the bat. Baker Mayfield throws a check down to Rashad White, and he picks up 20 yards. If you go back and watch that play, Derek Brown, who was phenomenal in this game, he doesn't win immediately, but he wins pretty damn quickly. Mm -hmm. And when he does, he throws the center to the side. Baker does a great job of moving in the pocket to his left, and he's like, okay, Derek Brown, breathing down my neck. I need to get rid of this football. Throws it to Rashad White. So already, okay, you don't get the sack, but at least you force a check down, let the tacklers rally to the ball, and then bring him down before he picks up the first. Except the latter doesn't happen. Derek Brown does his job. Frankie Louvu, as much as we like him as a player, I'll have that guy as a linebacker on my team all day, every day. Awful angle. Awful angle on the pursuit. And Rashad White's not even like a crazy juke. He just turns to the right. <laughs> and Frankie Luva was running towards the first down mm-hmm. marker. So I think he was just like trying to protect more than he was pursuing the ball carrier. And Rashad White turns what was probably like a six-yard reception into a 20-yarder. And I, you can give your thought on this too, Wes. Like Ryan Clark and I think Marcus Spears were talking about this on NFL Live, and it reminded me of this play. This is a first down league. What you do on first down sets up everything. And if you win, if you get a big play on first down, it just opens up everything in the world to your offense. It puts you in a great position. You flip the field here because you're on the 33-yard line, your own 33, and then you get 20 yards. All right, now you're already in opponent territory, and you've got a few more downs to work with. I just felt like it put them behind, and Tampa Bay ends up scoring a touchdown on that drive. I thought that first play really set it up. Yeah, it does. And first down all the time, that's why teams always talk about staying ahead of the chains. And that's 
that's one of the things that you want to do, and it keeps the defense off balance because most teams, you get rocked to sleep in the mentality that more times than not, a team is going to hand the ball off on first down. But when you've got a team that's constantly mixing things up with their first down play calling, it makes it extremely difficult to deal with. Keeping up with the spirit of the question, Chris and Rockwell has a question for us. Rockwell. Wes, is it just me, or do we not have checkdowns available for Bryce all that often? That's from Chris. What do you think about the checkdowns? Um, yeah, I mean, there's more than likely going to be a back in the route on a lot of plays, but then you also have to think of the prote- the protection has been so tough, too, that a lot of times you have to leave a back in to be able to help out with the blocking, and we've seen that some of these guys, they're not that adept at it. I mean, true, but he definitely tries hard, but he struggles in that department, so sometimes that's one of the, uh, the big minuses of not having a good offensive line is that you're going to have to leave backs in there sometimes for yeah. support and help. I, I think Chuba is a much better pass protector than he is an outlet guy. Like, if you look at him, I think he's picked up blitzes okay. And uh, there's been some decent grace for him as far as a pass protector goes. But Chuba just serving as the outlet, you check it down to him and allow him to pick up yards. Doesn't have the greatest hands. Got involved a little bit, but we don't have that guy. If Miles Sanders isn't going to be involved in the passing game, Wes, and Blackshear, they're just not going to give that many snaps to then who's your check down? You don't have that third down typical back if Blackshear just isn't going to be used. So it feels like a, you know, a decent point from Chris bringing up, hey, they just don't have a ton of check downs for Bryce. It's mass, a max protect now, especially with Thomas Brown. Is the That's NFC. the value of when you have a big time back that can do it all. You know, so It would be nice. don't like to pay him or you know, don't like to draft him high. But if you have a chance to get a nasty running back, it definitely enhances. Or draft one in the third round. Maybe, if you get lucky. <laughs> All right, so staying on the defensive side, uh, Marquise Haynes getting the sack. He got him a sack on a stunt right there. We know that he's a situational pass rusher by trade, but he also, uh, in this football game, he had single-game career highs in total tackles and solo tackles with seven and five, respectively. Not saying this guy was going to come out and be an all-pro player this year, but was Marquise Haynes a guy that you feel like had he been around for most of the year, maybe he could have been that help for Derek Brown and Brian Burns in the pass rush department? I think so. I I like Marquise Haynes as a situational pass rusher. Totally fine for what he's supposed to do on this team. But remember, we forgot about him. I just never played at the beginning of the season, got hurt, and because of his role, because of who he is as a player, probably contributed to this. But we just didn't really talk about him all that much. Oh, wait until they get J.C. Horn back. Oh, well, yeah, it's not like Dante Jackson is the best corner, but, man, when he's not banged up, at least it's better than C.J. Henderson. We kept going to other guys that were out, and then you would forget about Marquise Haynes, but they need some help on the opposite side of Brian Burns. That's been true this entire time. for next to last in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Marquise, I think, being available, he probably contributes what five and a half or six with a, a high end performance for him, mm-hmm. which isn't nothing. So yeah, that would have helped this season. Yeah, and so also too, continuing that my last play, uh, staying on the defensive side as well on that third and two, uh, Chris God went on that reverse for a touchdown and just all the missed tackles. Yeah, the Panthers lead the NFL in missed tackles. So far, they've got 98 for the season, three ahead of the Houston Texans. And so that's been, if you want to point to any favorite
fatal flaw of this defense, it is the tackling. If you're able to be able to get the ball out in space, you can plan on getting a chunk play off of this defense because they just don't tackle with. Is it? I mean, this defense with everybody you know, saying that's been the strongest unit, it's low bar. Offense has been so terrible, but they've played pretty good defense all year long. If they didn't lead the league and miss tackles, how much better would this be, defense be? It'd be so much better. And you talk yeah. about the sacks. I mean, the, the leader in the NFL, you're talking Baltimore's got 47 sacks, and the Panthers are way down there with 19. That's pretty paltry number. Oh, yeah. It's not good. Last play for me. I'm going to go to the interception from Baker Mayfield. And throwing it up for grabs, in pressure, Mike Evans, big wide receiver. You know, there are worse up for grabs throws that QBs could make. Xavier Woods does a good job of coming in and contesting. I, my only knock for Mike Evans this game, who clearly had a monster outing, did fight for that. Like, it was weird. And Mike Evans, being the big type of receiver that he is, it felt like Xavier Woods just came over here and grabbed it and didn't have any problem doing so. I thought it was going to be a 50-50 ball. Mike Evans didn't treat that interception or that reception for him like a 50-50 ball. It was weird. Like Yeah, he came in there and it was a, you know... Woods came up, put his body on him, yeah. got the ball. It's almost like a rebound in basketball. You rarely see Mike Evans lose those types of matchups, yeah. but he did on that one. Yeah, I mean, and clearly he, the dude had a, a great game, you know, and gave it to you however you wanted, whether it was a deep ball, whether it was a slant, whatever. But just a weird interception where it felt like Mike Evans at least could have made a bat down on it. But yeah. Xavier Woods coming in and bringing you some big hits. We've liked Xavier Woods all year long. One mm-hmm. of the better Scott Fitterer signings of his tenure and pretty yeah, easily he's been so. Solid. Yeah, what you think, Fitty? I was just going to ask, after, after that INT, West, would Baker still been in your top ten if you could have retroactively ranked your top ten players for Sunday's game? Yeah, I mean, quarterback still picks. I mean, I know Mike Evans did a lot of the running on the play, but he still threw a 75-yard touchdown pass. So. I mean, it was a Brock Purdy touchdown pass, so he threw it in the wide receiver did all the work. What's he doing to you, man? Like no. this, this, this your guy. You used to always accuse me of being the problem that is trying to divide the friendship of one Wes and Fitty. But it ain't yeah. me. It's Fitty. Yeah. He's turning his back on you, Wes. Well, what it's Walker, not me. What Walker failed to mention to you, Wes, was this was a planted opinion of Walker. He wanted to do it through you. Do yeah. it through me. Of course, sure. he throws you I'm under sure. the bus. I'm right? sure that's exactly what of we talked about in the fishbowl. All right, you're done. I'm going to it early. I'm putting you to work even earlier. Time now for the Fitty Flash. And I was going to say, too, I don't talk to people whose teams my team beats 42 to 10. So, That's right. You know, we've been done with y'all. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because instant replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. 
the McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. Official asked me if I needed anything yesterday. I think he was concerned about me uh, being, you know, first interim game for the Panthers. I told him I was a little hungry, could use a double cheeseburger. Uh, but but I, I don't know. I mean, once again, it, it goes back. I, I know this is a business. I, I, I got it. Um, but just as you guys have a job to do, I would assume that your job is fun, that you enjoy going to work. Mine has to be the same way. And I think that's just how you approach it. Oh, Tabes, letting everybody know he asked a referee for a double cheeseburger in the middle of the game on Sunday. <laughs> I tell you, Tabes is a very, very likable guy. Yeah, I mean, love his from sense of humor. Hear from people and what we just hear audio-wise. This this dude's boy. I know Olsen loves him from Chicago. JJ yeah. raves about him. So one of our friends. Our big Chris Tabor guy. All of the, uh, you know, FOPs, the friends of the program out there, Boney. Um, yeah, he seems like the perfect coach for J.J. and Hecker and, and Pinheiro and the crew in their games. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> this dude just wants to enjoy life, enjoy football. It's probably how Pink Vaughn got back in there. He also had one where he laughed at himself when he was uh, talking about how no one would sign up for this. This is not what we signed up for. He goes, would you sign up for 1-11? He started laughing at himself. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's likable, um, but I'm not sure he's back next year. We'll see. Well, he's a hell of a coach. I would like to have him back. I'd like to have Averro back, but that's often not how it works, Bone, when you go out and hire a new head coach. No. You know? And I'll say this. Next year, I would think David Tepper would not push the new coach to hire guys from all over. Like, he tried to do that with Reich. He told him, don't just hire your buddies. Let's hire a diverse staff. Let's hire guys from different backgrounds. And the reason why he did that is because Matt Rule brought, brought all the bros in from Waco, Texas. Yeah. That, so, he, so that was... The Waco, that was, the Waco wackos, his friend crew, <laughs> rolled in. That was an adjustment. But in hindsight, Bone, I don't think it played out the way it sounded in theory. Because you had guys from all different backgrounds, and I think it was very hard to kind of mesh schemes together. Yeah, it was, it was one of those things that was great on paper and great in thought, but in terms of execution and how it played out, ultimately did not work no, out. No, total do do And that uh, I know it didn't work out because they have 11 losses. See, this, yes. The 11 <laughs> loss express, we didn't have that in the offseason. Yeah, that's what we meant. We meant double-digit loss. Y'all misunderstood us. Could you imagine if someone came on here, whether it be a guest, a caller, a another station personality, could you imagine our vitriol if someone said this team would be 1-11? We, we would be going off of that in the summertime. We would absolutely terrorize that human being if they said the Panthers have 11 losses. No, it's true. It's true. Hell, we terrorized uh, Jeff Rickard, and he said seven wins. He said seven or eight wins, and we made it seem like he picked us to go 0 and 17. And actually, if he would have said 0 and 17, he would have been way closer than all of our predictions. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy Jeff how around bad. and find out. It's crazy how dang bad they are. All right, uh, I want to have a conversation about about next year, Bone, as it pertains to the roster. 
Obviously, we've been talking a lot about Coach. We're going to have a conversation later on this hour um, at 745 about Scott Fitterer. Adam Schefter basically said he's hearing some talk that Carolina's kind of you know, intimating to some folks around the league that Scott Fitterer might be back. So I definitely want to have that conversation. But right now, I want to talk, Bone Man, about the roster. Like, what players do you look at and say, they got to be a part of this, I don't even know what we're doing, building, rebuilding, whatever we're doing. Who, who has to be a part moving forward of this roster, Bone? Well, there's absolutely no doubt. I already mentioned him as the team MVP in the first hour of the show. This Derek Brown is a part of this. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Derek Brown has to be a major building block for what they're doing right now. As we try to go through some maybe not ones that are obvious along the way, Derek Brown to me, I'm not trying to take the most easiest option here, but Derek Brown, there's not even a second thought in my mind about that dude's future here. Well, they got to come with the with the check. You know what I mean? He's eligible for an extension starting this this offseason. Well, I'd give it to him. They got it well, and I would too. But I would have paid Burns long before now. It's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Both those guys should be should be paid, but that's going to be a big lump sum. He's still but I'm he's with still you. ascending. Like he hasn't like leveled out. He's still getting better by the year. He's a beast. He is an absolute physical mammoth beast. How about when I'm he threw? Gonna, how about when he just threw Zach Martin a couple weeks ago? Yeah, we're Hall of Famer basically. Exactly. Just One just of the best guards we've seen just recently. Toss, just toss, dude. He is a man child, a war daddy, if you will. I'm just going to cut war, to war. Damn daddy. <laughs> I'm just going to cut to the chase here, Bone. I believe Burns should be a part of it. We can discuss that. I believe Brown. I believe Horn. I believe Luvu. Now, you got to pay three of those guys in the next two years. Burns yeah. and Luvu are free agents this offseason, and Brown is the next. And then Horn will be coming up after that. I believe, now I know there's some debate, Bone, about do you trade some of these defensive guys to go out and help. I heard Daniel Jeremiah talking about it the other week. Do you trade some of these defensive guys to go out and get Bryce Young some help? I, I The problem about trading is you are trading away known commodities, albeit that will cost money, for draft picks to go pick unknown commodities. How's that been working out for us lately? Uh, let, me right? check, let me check my notes. Not well. You uh, know what I mean? Here's the thing where I think Wuvu falls into that must-have category. I'm not saying Burns isn't, but just as far as Wuvu individually goes. Mac, there's a presence and an energy. When you're trying to establish a culture, an identity, you're trying to finally figure out who you are as a football team. Frankie Luvu is one of those guys you want there by your side. He's an energy guy. He's a great teammate. I want Frankie Luvu involved. As I'm trying to build here, that's the kind of guy I say, you know what? We need a culture. He can provide it. I think Frankie Luvu is also a must sign as well. Yeah, I put him on now, the list. I don't know. I don't really know exactly the market for him yet. We'll have to see how it plays out. But just looking at him as a player, Frankie Luvu is a guy that you want in that locker room because even at one and eleven, you know that dude is going to do whatever he can to try to help this football. Team. Uh, there's a lot of Burns backlash, Bone. I know you're going to be shocked by this. Um, uh, Burns not worth the money. Spaceman says Burns has as many ejections as sacks the last four games. Jeez. I don't think Burns is having mm. his best season. I do think he played pretty well against Tennessee and Dallas. Was it Dallas? Were those the two games previous? Yes. I thought he played pretty well. Um, even only had one sack in those two games, but I thought he was active. Um, I just think this Burns thing has gotten out of hand, though. Like, they turned down two first plus for him. 
Yeah, if you, you, if you, you tag and trade him, what are you going to get for him? That's the only way you could trade him, by the way, now, is tag and trade. When you turn down that many firsts for him, that puts that gives the leverage all to the Burns. Because they can just easily say, hey, uh, he's worth two first-rounders, so pay him like he's the guy that's worth two first-rounders. And that might be where the, the you got to, is. you got to say no, and then you got to follow it up and sign him. Yes. Right? Like yeah, that's the, it's, it's, it makes no sense. If you were if you were not going to sign him, then you should have accepted two firsts in a second. Exactly. So right now I just it's gone they, on way too long. get bargain basement price now if you tag and trade them? I, I just it's gone on way too long. I don't, way too long. I don't for like what it the is. way we've handled this no. situation. And uh let's see here. Uh so what else? Yeah, a lot of people want to go try to get the picks for Burns. I mean, I get it. But again, they're not going to get near what they could have got at peak value. It just goes back to the plan. They don't ever seem to have a plan. They're all over the effing place. Again, like one minute we want this quarterback, then we want this quarterback, then Rome's not built in a day, then all of a sudden we got to go get a veteran quarterback, try to win now. They're all over the place. The Burns thing, they have been all over the place. If you know he is not, you value him so much, you will not take two firsts and a second for him. You can't let it get to this point, man. Can't. You know? And, Mac, if the team is all over the place, where do you think that comes from? Who also seems to be all over the place? Who seems to be a reactionary? Who seems to change all the time is David Tepper. It does. So the team is built in a way that is in David Tepper's mold of they may have a plan, Mac, on a Monday, but by Thursday, it might be a different plan. From what we hear and what we witness with this team – the plans are changing like every four to five days, it seems, on everything that goes on around here. Now, let, let me ask you guys a question because I think this is an interesting angle to approach the defensive guys. If you could only keep one, who would you rather keep, Derek Brown or Brian Burns? Because I, I would keep Derek Brown. I think Derek Brown's a better player. I. I would probably also say I think Brown might be playing better right now this season. I think Burns, you know, coming into the season, I felt like it's our best player. Excellent, um, excellent question. I would take Derek Burns throughout that. <laughs> I just here's. I'm just going to tell you the way I feel about the NFL. You draft players as good as Brian Burns and Derek Brown, and you miss on a lot of other guys. I just feel like what you do is you then re-sign those guys at premium positions. Again, the Burns thing has gotten so complicated. We don't know. Is he asking for 30? And we don't. You know what I mean? Is he playing complete hardball? Maybe he doesn't want to be here. Maybe he's playing such hardball to get himself out of here. Yeah, right? it makes, it makes you Would wonder. anybody blame a player if they wanted to leave the Panthers? No. So, like, I just we don't know what he's doing, yes. what his motive is. That's part no. of this as well. Um, I, th- I I would like to have them both. I mean, honestly, I, I think yeah, ideally, yes. Like, I just I think the NFL is about drafting good players and keeping good players. And if you have an abundance of good players that you can't keep them all, that's that's that used to happen when we were a good team. You know, then you got to make the tough decisions. But I don't feel like we have an abundance of good players. It's just these two guys play big money positions. Mac, I'm going to ask you. Know, you it's going to cost. But what do you think it's going to cost? Damn near fifty million. Yeah, for these about guys, that. forty-five million. I'm going to ask for you, these two. I'm going to ask you. you a, keep I'm going to ask you a question. Then get some coffee after I ask you this question, Mac. Uh, besides Bryce Young, Mac, who are the building blocks on offense? I'll be right back. All right, Moten. There you go. Um, I want to see Brady Christensen come back healthy. Although he's been injured twice now, I think Icky can be a building block. Might be a guard, but that I, I was, dude—that dude's a big mammoth talent, right? Yeah. But he just might not have the agility, the technique to play outside. So I would still say those guys. Some people are saying Thielen 
should be a guy moving forward. Here's the thing, you know, he sounded yesterday like a guy that'd be very open to, you know, getting out of here himself. Um, I would like to keep feeling because I think he's a good influence on Bryce. But as a texter said, this dude's got to at least be your second receiver, maybe your third receiver. Right? 100%. In an ideal world. And I was going to say Mingo if Mingo is like my third or fourth wideout. <laughs> well, your fourth, you don't think he can develop into something I'm better? Saying, I'm saying like, for, I feel like he's shown some strides. No, no, I'm saying like for now, I'm not going to put him up there near the top of the wide receiver depth chart, but I'm not ready to write off Mingo either as being a contributor. But I want to see him be with other players for a while that are much more productive than what we have. You know what I'm saying? If, if Mingo was like your third wide out in this league, kind of like a Cincinnati Bengals setup where they've got, you know, they've, they've yeah. got Boyd, they've got Higgins, they've got Chase. If Mingo was my third dude, I'm cool with that. I, I want to go see Mingo's game logs because I know he had six for 69 the other day. I feel like he's showing. He's getting better. He's getting yeah. better. Yeah. I feel like he's showing something. Like, I think he's sh actually showing a little bit yeah, of progress. Last, last two games, Mac, he had, you're right, he had six for 69. And he had four for 60 against That's what I'm Tennessee. saying. There's yeah. something happening here. And by the way. We won't, we won't go beyond that. Though. For Panther, again, he's a rookie. Yep. For Panther, um, like if you equate that out, like in this Panthers offense, that would be 100 yards in a normal offense. He's Randy Moss. 60 yards, right? He's Moss. Like I'm telling you right now, you've got a grade on a curve for people involved in our passing offense. Like Bryce gets to 250. I'm sorry, that's a 370-yard game in, in a good <laughs> offense. That's kind of the way I grade it. I don't know, man. They've got some tough decisions to make, and we're going to get into it at 745. Should Scott Fitterer be making the tough decisions? It's 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 because Adam Schefter made it sound like there is some talk around the league that Fitty will be staying. And there's a I question, don't know I don't know about this. And there's a big question in that segment, Mac, about what we just talked about earlier on in this segment: Burn situation and Fitterer. If Fitterer can't get that done, in all of the stuff that he hasn't done drafting wise, if he if he somehow boggled this Burns thing, we don't know the inner workings of how it's operated, but. If Fitterer, as the guy making decisions, can't somehow figure out this Brian Burns thing, that is a huge, huge, huge deal on the resume for Scott Fitterer. Yeah. Add that to the list, man. All the failed trades, all the bad draft picks, all the moves I, for offensive players this, this offseason. I like the dude, but if, if this Burns thing continues on deeper into this offseason, it's what I mean, I just, what are we doing here? Unless Tep's involved somehow. Yeah, that's the thing. We don't know exactly you know I mean? how it's playing Burns out. is asking for the move, and Tep we, is like, no, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Now, before we get in to the conversation with Michael Felder, college football analyst with Stadium, former Tar Heel defensive back, and East Mech Eagle, I want to play something and let uh, Michael Felder react to it. Here's Booger McFarland, ESPN college football analyst, on Sunday after the CFP reveal of the four-team field, saying that Florida State being left out is a travesty. This is a travesty to the sport because we go out there on the field and we play the game. And regardless of whether it looks good at the quarterback position, regardless whether we win with offense, whether we win with defense, the name of the game is to win. And that's a reason never before has this not been done. Winning a Power 5 conference, going undefeated, and not getting into the playoff. So I I understand we want to look at style points and who are we going to get for the best matchups. But that's not what this is about. This is about understanding to get the four best teams. One team has a loss, and that's Alabama. One team doesn't in Florida State. And the fact that this committee could take a Power 5 conference champion that's undefeated, those kids have went out there and busted their behind and not get into the playoff based on the eye test. Mind you, this is the same Alabama team who needed a prayer in Jordan Hare to beat an Auburn team that lost to New Mexico State. So that's really what has me bothered right now. Reese, All right, let's bring in Michael Felder on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Michael Felder, great to have you back. What's your reaction to Booger right there? I mean, there's a couple different things, right? Like, I understand he's an LSU guy, and you throw that in there, and then you throw in the fact that, like, the prayer, you know, that you need the prayer to win, absolutely. But let me tell you, let me ask you something. All right, let me, Kyle, let me ask you. Which one of these teams would sign up to play Alabama tomorrow? Which one of these teams would sign up for it? Yeah. That are that the other top three teams in the, the final yeah. four, you mean? Yes. I mean, I think any of them, if it meant they were in the playoff, right? No, 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 no. I'm saying who's like Alabama's my first choice that I want to play. Oh, first choice? Um, I, I don't know. Probably none of them. Yeah, exactly. And that's why Alabama's dangerous. And that's why it matters. And I feel horrible for Florida State because I don't think that when they sign this deal – from the playoff, from a playoff standpoint, I don't think anyone signed up to be left out. I don't think that the ACC, the SEC, the Pac-12, the Big 12, the Big 10, I don't think that Notre Dame, when they all shook hands and said, okay, we got it, I don't think they signed up to have an undefeated champion left out. They also didn't, under, didn't sign up for our quarterback's gone, and guess what? Our other quarterback is gone, and then hopefully we get him back, but then we, we're on our third quarterback. Yeah, I hear you. I think part of it for me, a big part of it for me, Mike, is, okay, you can convince me that, that Alabama's really good. Wouldn't take much convincing. I've been very complimentary yeah. of the job that Nick Saban's done this year. Um, but they should have taken Florida State out of the top four after Jordan Travis got hurt. If they were that gravely concerned with this team without the quarterback, they could have yeah. done it after that week. Totally they, they, they could have done it after the UF uninspiring win. And more than that, to bump them out of the top four, but to leave them ahead of Georgia undermines everything about their arguments, their rationale, and quite frankly, the credibility of this process. Because I don't think there's any of us, Mike, that if you're telling me pick the best four teams in college football, that would leave out the Georgia Bulldogs, right? Well, that's why I was going to go to Georgia, too. Because, But here's the reality. They're making a television show. So what do we get? We get a television show that has Michigan and Alabama, Texas and Washington. Like, you get a television show. Like, in, you can't do Michigan and Washington because those are – at now, Michigan, Washington, Washington, those are just two teams that are in the same conference, right? Yep. Same thing with Alabama and Texas. 
And so they had to figure it out, and this is the way they figured it out. I agree with you. I, I wouldn't have done it this way, but at the end of the day, like you, we do have to remember that for some people, college football is a sport, but for a lot of folks, it's a television show. And what we're going to probably get is the best television show. Question mark. <laughs> All right, Mike, I, I don't want to belabor the point, so I do want to ask you, um, Michigan, Alabama, Washington, Texas, you know, we got basically three games to decide the national championship here. Uh, what does this bracket look like when it's all said and done? Oh, I think Alabama's going to smoke Michigan. Oh. Am I wrong? What? What is you? You know, you've talked to Roman. What does Roman think? Oh, I told him I hope Michigan wins by thirty earlier today. Um, you told him that? Oh yeah, no, to his face like five times. I told him I hope Michigan wrecks shop through this field. Um, How did he react? He laughed. No, I mean he he, he thought it was hysterical. But um, I, no, I do. I, and I'm not an SEC. I'm not an anti-SEC guy, Mike. I don't root against the SEC. I love college football, so of course I love the SEC. But this, Michigan is going to have to work a lot. Yeah. to not get smoked. That's what I think. I think Michigan's going to have to work a lot to not get smoked. Oh, I, Mike, I'm not arguing. I'm just talking about my okay. heart, the sports fan okay. in me. My, okay. my sports fan okay. heart <laughs> is hoping for that to happen. I'm not I'm not making a prediction, dude, because you're not wrong about Alabama. That's not the issue. You're not wrong. They're playing their best football. Nick's done a marvelous job with this team this year. He really has. Um, but, I mean, I get in my head, it's just, screw it. Let's start simulating these games because it's, it's garbage. I can't stand it. But, anyway, so you think, what, Alabama smokes Michigan. What happens with Washington mm-hmm. and Texas? What happens there? I think we're going to see plays we've never seen before. And that's, I, I'll be honest, like, that's the most exciting part of it for me. It, it, with the Washington and the Texas game is, we're going to see plays we've never seen before. We saw, I mean, that play, a couple of plays in the Texas game are just like, where did this come from? The skip hop, like the skip hop to roll to hit the corner for the touchdown for Texas was amazing. The dart from Washington was amazing. It's just, we're going to see plays we've never seen before, and that's what I'm looking forward to. That's what makes, that's what gets me off the couch. That's what gets me excited about football. Like, I don't, I'm not, I don't root for anybody. So all I care about are, like, new, innovative designs, and I think we're going to see a lot of that out of Washington and Texas. Okay. Um, if Jim, See, Jim Harbaugh was in Charlotte yesterday. He's going to be in Charlotte this week visiting with the recruits, yeah. and his buddy Biff Pogey's in town, and there might be an owner across the way that might want to talk to him. Um, right. If he were to win a national championship, or, or even, like either way, do you think he's gone, but maybe especially if they were to win a national championship, what happens with Harbaugh? I think he's tired, man. Like, all the stuff that he has to do to stay in college football, he's like, no, nah, I'm not doing it anymore. So, I don't know if that means that it's the NFL. I don't know if it means he retires. I just think that he, he, what is it? Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger? You like discipline. <laughs> <laughs> I said that to my wife the other day because it was there was yeah. somebody made some some video about it being when dad takes over the kids for the morning. You like discipline, yes. yeah. You like discipline. <laughs> your mom is not going to come over and wipe your little tushy. <laughs> <laughs> I just said that to my wife the other day. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay. I think he's he's like you know what. Maybe I go somewhere where I have to have less discipline. Uh, okay. 
He's like, you am not going to come over and watch, wipe your little tushy. You do a good Schwarzenegger, man. I didn't have you pegged for a Schwarzenegger impression, but that's really, really good. I appreciate what you just did right there. Kindergarten cop, baby. <laughs> Such a good movie. It's not a Thuma. Um, anyway, so uh, MJ, MJ Morris, uh, I'm going to settle down. Um, MJ Morris uh, seems to be apparently a bit blindsided by the fact that Dave Dorn and NC State didn't want him back. And, and I'm over here wondering why MJ Morris is blindsided by that. Mike, what did you think of all that? Well, he stopped in the middle of the season. Right. Like, they needed you, and you stopped. So I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I, I have no answer. Why are you blindsided by that? Right. Like, I guess what I'm wondering is, and I, I asked the question yesterday, um, you know, did you go thinking there was a bigger NIL market for yourself than there actually was? Did you listen to an agent who gave you bad advice? Because I feel for you right. if that's the case. But um, welcome to the consequences of your actions. All of us adults have, ex- have experienced that a time or two, right? Yeah, a, a lot of times, um, personally, for sure. Um, so I just, I look at it and I'm just like, I, I had to go to New York. I had to go to New York um, this past weekend because of the consequences of somebody else's actions. So, yes, um, it's, for me, I, I, I think he thought, oh, I'll just come back and be the guy next year and they'll just give me the money. And it's like, no, that's not how it works, man. Like, people want to see you put skin in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking of money, speaking of money, uh, you probably know where I'm going with this. NCAA president Charlie Baker has just proposed um, the most radical, transformative policy proposal that the NCAA has ever seen. He's basically saying, look, we're creating a new league where money's no issue. There's no cap. You can pay everybody as much as you want and you don't have to go. But if you opt in, you better be willing to spend money to win. A lot of folks find this to be exciting. Other folks thinking that this is the end of college athletics as we know it. Where does Michael Felder come down? I this is very much, um, and I don't feel bad about it. I my old my I used to work for the guy who runs overtime. We just saw the twins get drafted, and they we see all these kids get paid by skipping high school, and then they either go G League or they do overtime elite. And so I, it doesn't bother me at all. You have to make a choice. And you got to make a choice of who you're going to be. And if you make that decision, go for it. It's just a matter of making that decision. And if the NCAA wants to be in that marketplace, they have to get in there and they have to make it work. Mm, I like that. Okay. So last thing I'll let you go. And you mentioned something there that makes me really curious about spending money and so on and so forth. Now that Florida State is not in and they're going to face Georgia in a bowl game, it's the Orange Bowl, right, I believe? Yeah. Um, you know, it's a juicy storyline, Mike, that they could beat Georgia, finish undefeated, claim a national, split national championship, hang mm-hmm. a banner. It would be legendary. Um, yeah. I, it adds a lot of juice. And I think there's a lot of reason to believe that those kids maybe should want to be a part of that. But I'm skeptical because of the era that we're in in college football. But, 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 well, right. But could NIL be the saving grace for a game like this where, you know, Mike Norvell and Florida State say, you know what, this one's important for the program. We got to get some money together to make sure that Jared Verse is incentivized to play in this game, so on and so forth. Does that make sense? No, you're, you're spot on because I was, I was just talking to someone and I'm going to talk to, I got to, I got to do another show a little bit later, but like literally, in my mind, why would Keon Coleman and Jared Verse play in this football game? Right. Why? Why would they get in? Why would we know that Jordan Travis won't play? Why would those other two guys play in this game? And that's the part that's going to be the most interesting to me. But Georgia's on the same side, right? Georgia, they got guys. But why would Brock Bowers play? Right. Right. Like, 
right. so it, that's where the 12 team makes it more interesting. But it's also like if these two teams were playing together in the Sugar Bowl, all those guys would play. But now it's like, eh, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah, the fear here is that a game that would have otherwise had a lot of meaning potentially, let's say 20 years ago, now turns into a spring game during bowl season, right? Yeah, but it's also like, I mean, it's, yeah, no, you know what? Listen, you stole my thunder. I was going to say spring game, but you you hit the nail on the head, my man. Look at you. You're... I try to bring you're, it. When, I, I it. try to bring it when you're on the air. I try to impress you. <laughs> you got me today. <laughs> Go enjoy your Tuesday. We'll talk to you next week. Oh man, enjoy myUesday. That's a. Oof. I'm going to make dinner for my family and see what this looks like. Well, yeah, but you're good at it, and they love your food, so they're going to appreciate it. Go enjoy your Tuesday. Mike Felder with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.